Good morning. Welcome to Subject ACT for Local Current Affairs. I'm Doug Dobing. Today on Subject ACT, we talk with Canberra Recovery Services Assistant Manager, Major Colin Kingston, about Canberra's Drug and Alcohol Recovery Centre. Colin also talks to us about the Salvation Army's upcoming fundraiser, the Salvation Army Red Shield Appeal. Later in the program, we also talk with graduates of the Canberra Recovery Services Rehabilitation Program, Adrian and Sarah. We talk with Canberra Recovery Services Assistant Manager, Major Colin Kingston. The Salvation Army helps a lot of vulnerable Australians. What are some of the services that the Salvation Army help people with? We have a, a range of services both in Canberra and I guess around New South Wales and Queensland. Provide start from nursing homes and uh, aged care facilities. Uh, we have access to welfare for people who are struggling in day-to-day need or food, phone, rental, electricity. Uh, we have youth services where we provide places for youth that are struggling and often some of those are accommodation but sometimes it's just a place from the hangout that's safe and free from, yeah, I guess the alcohol and drugs and that sort of environment. Mm. We work closely with the military, Australian Army. We have quite a number of guys involved in that. That's right, as chaplains as well. Yes, in the Defence Force. Yeah, and And we also deploy overseas with them as well. Yep, and I understand they also, Salvos are involved in employment services and training programs. We have employment services, yeah, where we arrange, yeah, we get them at work. We also have uh, financial counsellors, money care. Yes, money care, that's right. Financial services. Yep, and uh, help people who are struggling with debt sometimes come to arrangement with the, yeah, with the people that they owe money to, to. yeah. You have a recovery program for people with addictions. Drug and alcohol. Drug and, and alcohol. Gambling. And yep. gambling. Drug and alcohol and gambling. Canberra Recovery Service has been in Canberra since the early 70s. It's a residential program. It's based on a 10-month, what we call the bridge program, where their clients come in and they work their way through a number of levels. At each stage, their challenge or their recovery is taking an, another step. It's not in the door and out the door. It's about working with the clients, with case managers one-on-one and in group work. And the time length they're in here is depending on how they progress through the different levels and progress in their recovery. And how many people does that accommodate? We have uh, 38 living on site, both men and women. And then we also have two houses for um, the graduates in extended care for about six months after they've actually graduated from this program. Mm. They can move into a house and they get ongoing support to get them, I guess, back into society, get them into their own housing, often through ACT housing, but sometimes through other groups. We have just over 50 all up. About 53, I think. So you're working with over 53 people to help in their recovery journey. Yeah. That must be quite challenging at times, but exciting. What do you enjoy most about doing in that role? I think it's it's about seeing people change. And when they first come in, as they start to, I guess, get off the habit of drugs and alcohol and seeing them change and being able to make decisions and live life without having to rely on those external substances. When people come into the rehab, there is that uncertainty for them, not knowing what to expect. There is, yeah. yeah. What do you guys do to make them feel at home and at ease? Well, they normally come from here, from detox to here, so they've been sort of yeah through the, the drying out process. Mm-hmm. And what would be the hardest phase? Do you think um, for the probably the first three weeks because we don't put a lot of expectation on them. They don't have to attend the groups. They don't have to get out of bed early to be part of the. The extra process, they don't have to do any of the work routines. They spend a little bit of time with their initial caseworker. So we have a caseworker that looks after them for the first three weeks. And just sort of 
I guess, gradually gets them into what the program's about. I think the big shock is sort of suddenly finding themselves living with about, you know, 38 other people in fairly close proximity. Yeah. They have their own rooms, but they share a, a bathroom with the person in the next room. So it's just, I think it's just about suddenly experienced life without the um, the drug and alcohol. Yes. Yeah. Which the average age, and not just our service, but probably across the whole industry, is around about 13 or 14 as they start to get into this. Uh, 13, 14 years old? Yeah. Really? Is that with the drugs or alcohol or both? But both. Why do you think people get involved at such a young age? I think it's just the society. You know, what they're, if they're going through a bit of a difficult time at home and they're looking for a way to cope. I remember the youngest one we've had here is the guy who started at the eight because it was just sitting on the kitchen table and in, in the fridge. You know, the drugs were on the table. The alcohol was in the fridge. So it's accessibility. Accessibility to yeah. be able to get hold of them. And, and they sort of start on it maybe as an experiment and realise that it makes life seem better. And so for a lot of them, they really, um, you know, if they get in here in there, mid to late 30s or something they've missed that period from you know 13 to 35 or 36 of life yeah they've, they've missed their teenage years and all the growing experiences of that they missed their 20s there's a lot of life learning that happens in that especially in their late teenagers mm-hmm. that they don't really have any concept about and all of a sudden they're trying to work out well how do we we do this so it's almost like learning having to learn relationships communications the things that we learn in our later teenage years yeah once they recover they've got to relearn or learn that yeah, and interacting wow. with you know, their peers and, and that without stuff in their system. Yep. In the recovery program, are they some of the things they talk about, like um, resolving or, or dealing with difficult situations? It is, and that's probably one of the biggest challenges. We've just had it this week with some of the girls, and yeah, it's about well, yeah, how do you deal with people you just don't get on with? Yeah, and that happens in all walks of life, doesn't it? Does. It does, yeah. but, you know, they always turn to drug and alcohol, but that's no longer an option. So now no. it's about how you work with them in being able to sort of, I guess, learn how to walk alongside somebody else. Yeah, without yeah. the effects of drugs or alcohol. And that's one yeah. of the challenges because they've, ne- they've never had to face that. Mm. You know, it's either been thump them or walk away and you can't do either of those really in a therapeutic community so that's sort of something that they've got to learn life skills that they haven't picked up in life. Right, okay. And yeah. with with Adrian and Sarah graduating, um, where would they go now? Where, where would your service support them? From here on, uh, Adrian is, is in our halfway house, which mm. is off-site. So it's about looking after themselves, providing their own meals, shopping. So we give them, you know, we, we help them do shopping because it's not something they really have to do throughout their life. And then when here, you know, we have meals prepared by a chef. So when, when they get out, like we had one guy that got out and he said, oh, I'm just going to have two-minute noodles. Well, we had to sort of sit down with him and work out a, a menu and then actually go and, and help him develop, choose. Develop a healthy you know, um, you don't buy plan, yep. a thing of four pieces of steak for one person. You, know, you buy a, a thing of one piece of steak and so it's all buy, buy four of those yep. so that you can freeze the other three. Yeah, yeah, and it's stretching a budget to, to do that as well. It is, and they're yep. teaching and budgeting skills and now, you know, they don't just go and buy a, a whole pack of soft drink where yes. with that you can you know you might buy say a bottle of coke that might last you two or three days and spend that other money on other things exactly yeah so right. it's about you know budgeting and life skills outside you know, when they're by, when they're starting to live because even in the halfway houses they're living they're living with other graduates and then from that process then we start um helping them do the applications for act housing and and that sort of thing mm. so, so they start to and start to help them set up their own flat 
We don't encourage them to get back into full-time employment straight away, uh, so we encourage them to do part-time. Right, okay. To, so... um, just, you know, because they, if they start doing eight hours a day, five days a week, then they start to... Stresses them as well. Stresses them yeah. out a bit. And... But your, part of your program is, is graduating them back into some work activities as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. Now, today... We have two guests that are through a recovery process or have graduated. Can you just tell us just a very brief bit about them and then I can we can talk with them? Okay, well, we have Adrian with us and he's a graduate, so he's been through the, the program. When we say graduates, we don't mean that they've finished their recovery because the recovery is ongoing. Mm. But he's graduated through the 10 or 12 months of the program and he's living in one of our halfway houses. Great, okay. And Sarah is just about to graduate, so she's in what we call re-entry. Yes, which yes. Which is the final stage where we're starting to get them sort of out and about within the community to start making their own decisions. Fantastic. And, um, so she's still living on site, but she's living in what they call a re-entry house which means that there's parts of the program that they don't have to do. Yes. They have freedom to make up their own minds about what meetings they go to and, and that sort of thing, getting ready for completion oh. of the program. Yep. Oh, look, that is fantastic. That was Canberra Recovery Services Assistant Manager, Major Colin Kingston, talking about the Canberra Recovery Services Rehabilitation Program. Keep listening to 2XXFM 98.3. Coming up next on 2XXFM 98.3 is Adrian, a graduate of the Canberra Recovery Services Rehabilitation Program. Congratulations on being a graduate. Thanks, Doc. That's an amazing step. Are you happy to talk about what happened in your life that resulted in you entering the program? Yeah, sure. It's not my first time in rehab. I attempted it about six years ago. Yes. And after having a breakdown and using alcohol to deal with my problems because I didn't want to deal with life. And then about 18 months ago, I got made redundant and I did the same thing again and my mental health worsened and it was a vicious cycle. Once I was drinking every day, there was seemed no way out and I thought, well, look, the only, the only answer is to actually lock myself away, so to speak, in, yes. in rehab. So Adrian, you had a, a situation where you had an alcohol problem, you lost your job, you had mental health issues, is that? Yeah. Okay. And so your life was out, out of control. Unmanageable. Unmanageable. And and that's what led you to, to go into rehab? Yeah. That experience, I mean, your life's out of control. Yeah. Coming to the Salvo rehab, that must be pretty scary. Oh, it's definitely scary. Hmm. Uh, coming in, I, I don't, I certainly don't forget, you know, I remind myself where I was at 12 months ago, scared, full of fear, anxious, depressed. Uh, my first month here, I probably probably cried every day at one stage or another. And just with despair and depression as well as that, that mental health. And I was medicated as well for it. Yes. And then over time, you know, I went, I dug deep and I did therapy here. I did the one-on-one counselling. I did daily groups and I saw a psychologist out of here as well. And it all combined together and I did my own, I went through the 12 steps in my own time and just also just having the peers around me, that support and talking to each other um, on a day-to-day basis and having that support around me really helped me over a period of time to face my um, my fears, my defects of character, look at the past, you know, and really look at where things have gone wrong in my life. You know, it's quite easy to sort of push away the past, things that have gone wrong in our lives. But yes. to move forward, sometimes you have to take a step back as well and look at it all. And I 
did the hard yard, you know, I left no stone unturned. Yes. I uh, was as thorough as I could possibly be. But going through a recovery program, I hear, is not an easy step. No, it's not a holiday program. No. <laughs> so what are some of the things they do in the program? We, obviously, we do the daily groups. Support, we have a support session once a week. We have work therapy. So we get assigned a different job. Could be helping out in the Salvation Army shop. Could be gardening. Could be cooking because the, the, the actual participants help with the cooking of the meals that we get fed every day. Mm-hmm. Helping on the reception. I myself was helping out in the shop. And then for a large period of time, I was looking after the animals here, which I absolutely loved. So we had about 25 chooks, eight cockatiels, yes. and about 15 goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> and, so what... and I was driving the vans as well, driving people to medical appointments during the day and AA meetings. Yeah. So it's a combination of programs to work on issues yep. or, or, or getting skills with your addiction yep. in managing that, but also work experience and people involvement. Which okay. builds self-esteem and confidence in yourself and you feel you're a part of the community when you're having an input yes mowing the lawns you know preparing the meals so that all of us can get fed at lunchtime or manning the reception answering the phones helping the staff you feel a part of the community and you feel part of something bigger like before you came into rehab did you feel a part of the community no i was totally disconnected i was just existing and i was totally disconnected and not just physically but spirituality is a big part of the program here and that's always been a big part of my life. But when I went into drinking, I totally disconnected spiritually. So mm. I have that back in my life now. So drinking was your escape, would you yeah. say that before? Yeah. And the more you drank, the more you felt dis- disconnected? Yes. Okay. And coming through the program has helped restore that? Yeah, immensely. Wow. Now, can I ask, how long ago did you graduate? I graduated Tuesday this week. Congratulations. Yeah. That is fantastic. Now, once you've graduated, what yeah. is it like? I feel on top of the world. I feel like I've got a natural high yep. um, in life. I, I'm studying part-time at university and I do yoga. I go to the gym. I exercise. I go to AA meetings. I'm connected back with my family and friends. I'm very active. And can I ask what you're studying at university? Studying humanity. Yes. And I've actually got to do a talk, a 20-minute talk on communication next week. Right. Okay. Which, it's funny enough because, you know, we're talking about being connected and yes. communication, you know, and I realise that being connected is, is the foundation of civilization. When yes. you're connected, you know, life goes well. Yeah. And can I ask, what would be the hardest thing about doing the recovery program? The hardest part about doing recovery? Wow. Facing the past, facing and talking about your deepest, darkest secrets, mm. things that only a few people know about and you think, oh, I don't want to talk about them. And it could be things that have hurt that's been done to you yes, and hurt that you've caused other people. But actually, like I said, taking one step back to face it and it can involve tears, a lot of anger, a lot of emotions. But working through it and doing therapy over it, in the long run is, I believe, where the answers are. So being brave enough to, and be honest enough to face your past? Yeah. Yep. And and what would you say is the best thing of this whole journey? Today I have a sense of serenity, mm-hmm. I have peace of mind, and I can enjoy life and live in the present moment. Yep. The salvos, but also the recovery centre, how has that helped you? How has it changed you? Honestly, I believe that the, the staff here, and especially the, the majors, the Salvation Army majors and the Salvation Army, they're an incredibly loving organisation. I've called them angels at hmm. times. 
the, the way they, you know, devote their life to helping us. And, you know, they've got their own personal problems and health issues, but they're here helping us yeah. to transform our lives. If someone listening has an addiction issue, what would you say to them now? I would say to them, get yourself to an AA or NA meeting. And, you know, don't believe that life's not worth living because there is a better way. And it may, you may not get it at first, but let the seed be planted in your head. Let the seed be planted. And it might be tomorrow, but it, it could be could be next year. But once that seed's planted, then it doesn't disappear. And people recover when they're ready. Yeah, but it's taking that first step, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. But there's always help. And I've known many people to have overdosed. I've been to plenty of funerals. And, you know, I've seen people that have thought that there's no answer to their despair, but there is. So there is there's a always out. hope. Adrian, thanks for joining us on Subject ACT. No worries. All the best, Chad. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to Adrian, a graduate from the Salvation Army Canberra Recovery Services Rehabilitation Program. Keep listening to 2XXFM 98.3. Coming up next on 2XXFM's current affairs program, Subject ACT, Sarah now joins us on the program. Sarah is about to graduate from the Canberra Recovery Services Rehabilitation Program. Sarah, what led you into the, the Salvation Army rehabs? My life had become completely unmanageable. Um, I had lost everything I had in my life mm. um, and I was pretty much on a deathbed and I didn't know any answers myself to get better and yeah. um, by God's grace I got here to CRS. That must have been a pretty terrible experience before. Ah, uh, yeah, it was. Um, just all started out with as fun and games, and yeah, just lost complete sight of reality and life itself. And Sarah, are you talking about a drug addiction? Ah, uh, no, actually, mine was alcohol. Okay, so an alcohol addiction. What did that do to your life? Ah, uh, well, I had a beautiful home, a lovely relationship, a little daughter. And all of that, I couldn't see any good in that anymore. I was in despair and lost everything. I was a very lonely person and didn't feel like I had anything to live for, especially so, myself. I mean, in, in Australian society, alcohol seems a pretty much everyday and safe drink. How, how does it get to that stage to destroy a life? Um, well, uh, like I said before, it just started out with fun, you know, going out for drinks with friends and everything. Mm -hmm. And I obviously didn't want to take responsibility of life. So I just never wanted that party to end. So I became a daily drinker. And then in waking up feeling horrible every morning, what most people call a hangover, I just found a cure for that was to continue drinking um, wow. and never felt a hangover for about 15 years because I was just constantly drinking. My tolerance for drinking got higher and higher. So I would consume uh, about... The amount of alcohol someone would consume over two weeks, I could consume in a day, and yeah. that was just to stay alive. Yeah, my body would start to shut down if I didn't have the alcohol intake, and I was many times ambulance were called because um, my body would start to shut down. And so you had a problem with alcohol. How did that affect your life? Well, it took over my life like um, nothing else 
was important mm. at all except getting another drink in my hand because how terrible my body was feeling. That's all I could think about just to stay feeling okay. Yeah. I forgot about everyone around me. I didn't care about myself, my appearance, anything. I just had to make sure I had that drink in my hand and that was all that mattered. So your alcohol was more important than your life oh, at that time. You said you lost your house, you lost your family? Yes. They were there, but they just couldn't watch me kill myself. I was slowly just killing myself. So so you were slowly dying, dying from your alcohol problem? Yeah. What led you to go to the Salvos, to the rehab centre in Canberra? I was actually in hospital and having seizures and things. And if I didn't do something, I was going to die. So I had to go to rehab. And I applied for three different rehabs. And like what I said before, by the grace of God, I got into CRS. What's the experience of Canberra Recovery Services? I mean, yeah, what do you do in there? Well, I'll have to say that the best thing I've ever done in my life They were very gentle with me. When I first arrived here, you go through an induction phase and that's just to, like, so I could settle in here and accept that I'm in a rehab and just to get to know the routine of the place and the staff and the majors here and that's a very, just a gentle time. And then when I was comfortable and everything and been here and felt safe and happy. Yeah. Then uh, I moved up to level one, which then that's when I started looking at my behaviours and why did I let the alcohol take over my life and, you know, what things in my heart and that were so sad and that that I used alcohol to cover up reality and my feelings and everything like that. Because like I told you before, I was just a party girl that got out of hand. But yes. really, that there's a lot more to it than that. It's yeah, biased. for sure, for sure. Mm. How would you describe the difference of you as a person from when you came in to CRS to now? I would say when I first came in here, I was a very narrow-minded person. I had lost all my spirituality and love for self. And now I I just, you know, I love life and I respect myself now. And yeah, just my soul is full of, you know, love and joy and happiness. And it's wonderful. Wow. And what's the hardest part of going through the program? For me, it would have to be uh, growing up. I think I grew up here, like, and realize that I have to live life on life's terms you know life is not just a big party it can be fantastic it is fantastic if I just accept that I have to be responsible and I love being responsible now because I've you know got my family back and all of these great things to live for so wow can I just ask you said you've got your family back how did that work how did that happen they've always been there but they had they tried everything to help me, but in the end, there was they just had tried everything. There was nothing else they can could do, so I broke all their hearts. Mm. But they were still there. But um, day and day that I was here, the more prouder they became. Then you know, getting back in contact with me more and more, and yeah, I've all, all my family is just that supportive of me now, and. I've got them all back and I love them with all my heart. That is fantastic. And Mm. so what would you say is the best thing for you about doing the program? Oh, there's so many things. The best thing about doing the program is I came in here a very lost, empty person. 
and it's given me such purpose, such gratitude for life, just a sense of joy about just the little things in life and the things that used to bother me are so so insignificant mm. that it's laughable now. Um, <laughs> so, what, so it sounds like you are a very different person to the person that walked in the door. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And how many months ago was that? It's nearly 12 months. Yep. So it's been a 12-month journey. Yes. Fantastic. And what would you say to someone who is struggling with drugs or alcohol or an addiction of gambling? Life is better and much easier without it. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say to people as the Red Shield Appeals coming up about the work of the Salvos? Uh, they're amazing. Um, they do a lot more behind the scenes that, you know, you and I wouldn't know about. And they're just they just help anyone they possibly can who's in need. Sarah, you're in your final stage. You're about to graduate. What's the future hope for you? Well, I've got my family back and I'm also expecting another little baby. So I've got a great future ahead of me full with my family. That That's what you live for, isn't it? That's right. Well, mm. the, wow. Sarah, I'm going to say firstly, thank you very much for sharing your journey and your story. Thank you very much for that. Oh, you're welcome. I thank you for your honesty. Oh, that's fine. Um, wish all the best for anyone who is still in, stuck in addiction because um, it's a much better life without all of that. Wow. It would have been scary at the start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very scary. Did you ever think you wanted to leave? Oh, no, that's a surprising, um, never once. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay, so what, what kept you there? I think it's, like I said, I got, my soul was filled back up. Um, yep. And just getting gifts from God every day is, yep. you know, blessings after blessings. So when you say gifts from God, what does that mean? Oh, just uh, my health, my brain functions again. So you think um, more clearly? Yeah. yeah, just amazing things that are what we're told is irreversible. So the miracle of change and healing. It's, it is absolutely amazing. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on Subject ACT. That's fine. Thanks a lot for having me. Hey, all the best for you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You were listening to Sarah a graduate from the Salvation Army Canberra Recovery Services Rehabilitation Program. Keep listening to 2XXFM 98.3. Major Colin Kingston rejoins us on the program to talk more about the Salvation Army fundraiser, the Red Shield Appeal. So the Salvos do a lot of work in Canberra and around Australia. Each year they have a major fundraising appeal called the Red Shield Appeal. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Okay, it's been nearly 50, I think it's over 50 years now we've sort of been reaching out to the community to help us fund our programs, basically for the community. And it's usually the last weekend or second last weekend in May. I think this year is the 27th, 28th, Saturday, Sunday, where we actually door knock as a way of, of the community helping the Salvation Army in the work yes. within, the within their communities. Yeah. Wow. On that Red Shield Appeal door knock, what are some ways that people can help? Quite a few places they have static. I know Bunnings have always come on board with Salvos for Red Shield Appeal that, that we're able to set up a collection point at Bunnings. Quite a number of the big shopping centres will have collection points. The other way too is that obviously nowadays with even school, or even kids sports on, on Sundays, if you've got an envelope being delivered through your postal system, if you can just leave that sort of somewhere with a donation in it, 
you know, if you miss out on that, then you can just fill in on credit card on the on that um, envelope and post it in. And There's lots of ways that people can actually help and donate. Are they still looking? Are the Salvos still looking for people to volunteer to collect? They are, yeah. Okay, what's the best way that people can get involved with the collection? You probably if you go to salvos.org. Yes. Yeah, that they would have links to that as well for volunteers. Excellent. Okay, we can do that. Now, Colin, I'm I'm looking here at some of the great work that the Salvos do with the money raised from the Red Shield Appeal. There's each day, it says, in a typical week across Australia, the Salvation Army provides 100,000 meals for the hungry, 1,000 people with assistance in finding employment, assistance to 500 people addicted to drugs, alcohol and gambling, and even 3,000 elderly people with aged care services. So a lot of this money that you raise for the Red Shoot Appeal goes towards those types of things. That's right, yep. Yep. What motivates you to do this type of work, Colin? I think it's about seeing what people can achieve when everything works out for them. Yes. Um, yeah, when they get the right sort of assistance where we can take them where they've been to provide them the life that they probably yeah, have always dreamed about having but never quite made it. So you're actually there f- talking to people at their you want to, one of their most difficult times in life where they're down and out and you're actually helping to transform broken that's, lives. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That must be an amazing experience. It's been great, yep. Mm, thanks very much. Best wishes to you and your wife and the team there. Okay. Chat more soon. That'd be great. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Bye. Bye for now. If you would like to know more about the Salvation Army Red Shield Appeal, go to salvos.org.au. You can support community radio by subscribing to 2XXFM at 2XXFM.org.au. Tune in to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3 each weekday morning from 8.30 to 9. Thank you for joining us on Subject ACT. I'm Doug Dabbing. Have a great day.